Here to help us figure it all out, let's head out to the wadeford.com hotline. She is our friend of the show, covers the Atlanta Falcons for atlantafalcons.com. Tori McElhaney joins us. And, of course, you can follow Tori on her Twitter page, at Tori underscore McElhaney. As always, Tori, appreciate it. As I'm excited, we are finally here through all the Michigas and everything else, and we're finally ready to play (laughs) football on Sunday. Thank goodness. You know, I I do love the preseason. I do love training camp, but I only love it for like two weeks and then I'm over it and I'm ready for the seasons to start. So I'm glad we're here. I'm glad we made it. Yeah, absolutely. So, okay. And I'm not, I'm not, I don't know. How do, how do I say this? I'm, I guess I'm a little bit having trouble understanding the, the Drake London situation. Um, obviously just getting back into practice and he's had a couple of pretty good days of practice, but it seems like there's a lot of gamesmanship and we had Dukes and Bell had Arthur Smith on the show earlier today. And he talked about, it's going to be Saturday before we have a decision and things like that. I mean, are we really at this point, this close to not having Drake London for Sunday or why does there seem to be so much gamesmanship about his health and his availability on Sunday? You know, I, I I kind of agree with you. It's kind of been a weird situation. I understood holding him back for the preseason. I, I got that. But now we are fully into week one, and we're two days into practice, and he's still limited. And granted, we only see the first 30 minutes of practice, and we only see maybe one drill of 11-on-11 walkthroughs. Nobody's going 100%. And so that's the only part of practice that we see. And he is participating in that. However, we don't know what the rest of practice looks like and what him being quote unquote limited is. But I will say this, it wouldn't surprise me as the week goes on that he, that on the injury report that he is listed as a full participant in the coming days. I don't see, I don't have any indication that he won't be playing on on Sunday because I, I think he looks ready to go. No, I don't. Obviously, looks can be deceiving, but I do think it would, it's probably just a situation where they're just like slowly bringing him back, and then that that they want him a full one hundred percent on Sunday. So it really wouldn't surprise me if they're just working him back, and that we'll see him in full participation on on Thursday or Friday. Tori, the other thing um, that I just well, I, I I know in all this, but Dion Jones going to IR mm-hmm. now. I, you know, obviously he had the shoulder procedure, clean up on the pup list for training camp, can come off at any time, and then he comes in and, and plays a bunch against Jacksonville in the final preseason game, right? But mm-hmm. all of a sudden things turn and he's got to go on short-term IR. What happened? Help me understand how we went from he's off, he's playing, things look good. I never heard a word about he was hurt or re-aggravated anything, and then – it turned into, oh, yeah, he's going to be on IR for the first four weeks of the season. Yeah, I mean, it was – I think it pretty much caught everyone not off guard because I think there was always a chance someone comes off a pup, you don't really know exactly how how far they have progressed in terms of their recovery. Um, but it, it was a situation where I think, like Arthur Smith said on Monday when he was asked about it, he just said – and he was talking about Isaiah Oliver and Deion Jones. He's like, if we did not think that they were – 100% they wouldn't have been put on uh, IR. And so I know using the Isaiah Oliver example, I know we talked to Isaiah after the game 
against Jacksonville. And he said then that he wasn't, he was close to 100%, but he wasn't there yet. So when Isaiah Oliver gets put on IR, that doesn't surprise me. But when we don't talk to Deion Jones after the game and then he's put on IR, it is one of those things that was like, well, did he re-aggravate something? Like, what was the deal? Was he not close to 100% even coming off of Pup and they just needed to get some tape on him in case there are some trade offers out there? I mean, those are things that I think about too. It's like, did you just need to put Deion Jones on film to be like, hey, look, he's working back, he's getting healthy, don't you want to take him off of our hands? I'm not saying that that's what the Falcons are doing, but that's kind of where my mind goes, if I'm being completely honest. And now you get into the season and it's like, okay, he's not at 100%. We tried to, to get some tape out there and no one bit. And so now we're just going to put him on, on IR and, and wait four weeks and see where we are then. That's kind of where my head's at with this. Tori McElhaney from AtlantaFalcons.com joining us here on the WaitFor.com hotline. The only thing that kind of surprised me about the depth chart, I'm not surprised Drew Dahlman won the job, and I know it's close and all that, but I think that there are also other factors that that helped Drew Dahlman. But the one that kind of surprised me a little bit, and I don't know how much of a surprise it is, but Patterson we knew RB1. But Damian Williams as the second running back and Algier as the third. And I know Arthur talked about in preseason all that, well, we don't put rookies you know, at the top, but – Drake London's listed as wide receiver one right now on their list. So they do put, you know, when it is regular season, they will put those guys on there. But were you surprised at all that Algier is kind of listed third? Because I'll be honest with you, I hope we see a lot more out of him on Sunday than even Damian Williams. Yeah, I think a lot of people would probably say that as well because Tyler Algier did have a good preseason. I think you were really, really excited when you watched Tyler Algier in the preseason because you saw – the player that the Falcons want him to be when they drafted him. That being said, you do go out in free agency and you get Damian Williams and we know kind of what Damian Williams can do and, and what he's good at. And, but the problem with Damian Williams is also the similar problem with Cordero Patterson, which is not a problem, but they're just older. You're not going to run CP and Damian Williams out there much in the preseason at all. So we really did. We're never going to get a good, view of what this run game looks like with CP and Damian Williams as number one and number two because the Falcons were never going to run them out there so I think when you look at this run game there are still a lot of questions that I have about the rotation about how many carries certain guys are going to get what it's going to look like how well they do I mean all those all of those are still questions that I very much have because in the preseason, we saw Tyler Alger, Quadre Allison, and Caleb Huntley. We did not see Cordero Patterson and Damian Williams, who you assumed going into the season were going to be your ball carriers, your number one and number two. So it didn't surprise me that that's how the depth chart fell. But I also will say this, that I, I'm not saying at all that we're going to see Damian Williams more than Tyler Algier or vice versa. I think that's just kind of where they put them in the, on the depth chart. I really don't make a lot of depth chart decisions, um, but I, I think that we are still going to see a good amount of Tyler Algier because I think he's earned those live reps. I really do. Well, depending on how it goes, maybe they'll ask you to do some more of it. But anyway, um, one other <laughs> one other roster thought. Um, is Ogundaje going to start on Sunday at the other outside linebacker spot with Carter? Because he's listed right now as their starter over Arnold Ebicady. Yes. Yeah, no. Ade Ogundeji, I is 
100% in my mind the starter opposite Lorenzo Carter. Um, and that has never been something that has wavered for me throughout the preseason. Um, I think Ade Ogundeji has done a really good job. We've seen, I think we've seen a lot of growth from him. I think back to the second game of the preseason in New York, where we did actually get to see more of the first team defense. And I really liked what I saw from Ade Ogundeji when he was out there. I felt like he was always around the ball. And, and I, I think that Ade Ogundeji is, someone that gets overlooked a lot because you do, you're talking about a guy who was a later round draft pick last year and then had some rotational roles here and there throughout the year, honestly played more as the year went on last year as he got more comfortable in the league. But you talk about Arnold Ebiketti, who is your second round draft pick, who you went up, you traded up to get. And everybody's like, oh, well, we need to see Arnold Abiketti. I'm not 100% sold on that yet. I think Ade Ogundeji deserves that starting spot right now. I'm not saying that in week 15 we don't see Arnold Abiketti in a starting role. But for right now, I feel like Ade Ogundeji, it, it's his spot to lose. Tori McElhaney from AtlantaFalcons.com joining us on the WaitFor.com hotline. So as we look to this matchup, um, you know, I'm going to be laser-focused on – what this offensive line does to hold up against Davenport and Cam Jordan. Now, this is a team that had 46 sacks last year. Those two guys at 21 and a half. They feel pretty confident that the five guys that they've picked up front can can handle that. Are they going to have to get a little bit more creative on offense? Or, you know, one other way you can slow that down is run the football effectively. <laughs> well, I think it will. I mean, you talk about running the football effectively. I think – what we have seen from Marcus Mariota and what we know of Marcus Mariota, I don't, he's not the type of guy who's going to stand in the pocket and if it collapsed, he's not going to be able to escape it. Like, I think that's something, and this is not me saying anything bad like, about Matt Ryan at all, but Marcus Mariota is a different type of quarterback. And if the pocket closes in on him and he doesn't have an option to throw it away, he's going to tuck it and he's going to run and he's going to get some yards because he has that athletic ability and that speed to do so. So with that being said, I think that adds a certain layer to what you can do offensively, but also at the exact same time talking about the offensive line. I do think when I look at this offensive line right now, where they are right now, comparatively speaking to where they were at this time last year, I feel more confident in this offensive, in this starting five that you have right now. Now, could I change my tune after they face the Saints? Sure, of course. Uh, but for right now, I feel okay with the group that they have presented us through through training camp. And it'll be really, really interesting going back to talking about the run game. You know, for the most part, like run the run game in and of itself like you really don't get to see the full scope of it until you get to week one you see it periodically throughout the three preseason games but you think about the last preseason game that starting offensive line did not play we don't know what that would have looked like so with that being said there are still so many questions about what this team is going to look like come when they put the pads on and get out there on Sunday Last thing, Tori, um, I think another matchup that's going to be interesting, uh, you know, in reading a lot and, and talking to a couple of Saints, you know, people, I do think Michael Thomas is going to play on Sunday. I think he's going to make his, yeah. you know, first start back in, you know, a couple of years now. You know, that obviously adds another dynamic. But, you know, Kamara's been a guy who's killed this team historically, catching the ball out of the backfield. 
it is going to be interesting to see how much of a dynamic Michael Thomas can bring to how the Falcons are going to defend the Saints offense. Yeah, no, I agree. I think you think about, I mean, when I look at the Saints, I I see a lot of weapons for Jameis Winston. I I really do. And I think a lot of people look at the Saints and, and they see that they can do a lot of different things offensively. And there are a lot of skill players on there that are really, I mean, they're effective. And I, I, when I think about what the challenge is, I mean, this is one, this is a pretty significant challenge for this Falcons defense. That's trying to change the way that people think about defense in Atlanta, something that Dean Pease has harped on this off season and this preseason. I think this is a really good challenge and test for where this secondary is especially the secondary I mean we can talk about pass rush all day long and there's a lot of work that needs to go into that to be better than what it was in 2021 but let's just talk about the secondary I've been talking about the secondary and how strong I think that group is all preseason and all training camp I mean with AJ Terrell and Casey Hayward and Jalen Hawkins and Richie Grant, those two guys finally getting a chance to, to play alongside each other. I mean, this is a group in, in the secondary that I'm excited to see and have been for a while. What do they do when they're faced with this the, these skill players and these weapons that the Saints have? I'm curious to see that. And I think it's a really good marker of where this defense is because the Saints offense is going to go out and they're going to move the football. So how do you stop it? How do you get off the field on third downs? Can you force turnovers? All of those things are going to be so important on Sunday. Yeah, I, I think it's a big game to get off on the right foot uh, at home. So we will uh, we will see it happens. Uh, check out her work at AtlantaFalcons.com. Head there and uh, read all of her good work that she does there. Follow her on her Twitter page, at Tori underscore McElhaney. We'll be talking to Tori every Wednesday throughout the NFL season to preview the Falcons' upcoming game, and she joined us here on the WaitFor.com hotline. Tori's always appreciated. Man, I'm uh, I'm with you. I'm glad we're finally at a regular season. Let's get this thing underway, and, you know, let's get going on this season. I've, I've had enough of the prognostications and the, you know, paralysis. I've got a paralysis from analysis, so ready to play some football on Sunday. <laughs> I couldn't agree more. Finally, we'll have something real to talk about. Yeah, appreciate it, Tori. Thank you so much. So, Thank and again, you.